Hey guys, welcome to week two of Matchup Recap. Uh, special episode, we got four people here today. Uh, we got myself, the reigning champ. We got David, the wildy noob. Say hi, David. What's up, guys? Uh, we got Austin Hop, who named his team after a shitty 90s football comedy. Hop, say what's up. Hop daddy in the house. And then we have Garrett. Uh, I lost to a guy who doesn't know how to use a computer DM. Say what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I blame myself. I blame myself. All right. So since there's four of us, we're going to go through this. Uh, I'm just going to kind of lead everybody and ask some questions. And uh, anybody who has some comments can jump in whenever they want. So we'll kick it off with my list the way I have it. Obviously, my matchup is up top. Um, I'll let uh, Garrett, you can rip into me on this one for uh, my loss and tell me how bad my receivers are. Um, we'll try to, you know, avoid talking about the trade as much as possible since we'll cover that on Thursday. But uh, let me have it. I mean, it's not quite as bad as David's week one receivers, but Fitzgerald and Crowder, I mean, it was probably a good lineup back in 2012, but definitely a pretty sorry-ass lineup for this week. Fitzgerald did pretty much nothing, probably took himself out of the game because they were playing so terribly. Crowder, I don't know how. If he's not going to beat Indy, he's probably not going to get many points this season, honestly. Yep, I mean, uh, I was hoping those guys would give me some solid reception floors. Uh, according to the you know news, I guess the coach actually pulled Larry out, and of course he didn't want to go out. You know, he's one of the most durable guys out there. But hoping the trade shapes up my week. Uh, you know, James definitely pulling out the uh, surprise win there, coming with negative point two five points to start the week. Galladay is obviously a really solid stash there, and Mahomes looks like he's going to light it up. So. Uh, you know, I think, James, you're kind of going to expect this kind of line from him each week, 150 to 170 points maybe, you know. Um, but there will be weeks if David Johnson can get his shit together where he and Gronk go off, Galladay puts up a score. You know, it, it, you can definitely see James put up 200 points. So it's a good matchup. All right, next we got uh, Big Kurt and Jay. Um, I'll ask David, since he's the uh, running back king right now, what do you think uh, – Kurt's best move is in terms of running back depth with uh, Joe Mixon might being out for up to you know two to four weeks. Uh, Ajayi seems like a decent replacement, but he also has some uh, knee issues. So we'll start on that side of the lineup. Yeah, I'm not sure what to to think of it. Ajayi is the he he got him through the trade with you, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so I think it's a good fill in at least uh, you know for a first week. I don't think Ajayi is going to be out for too long. Obviously, Melvin Gordon has a huge floor with also huge potential upside there um, and I think the rest of his team is solid enough that he can kind of ride the wave um, and make it through the next few weeks before Mixon comes back I mean Kurt's 2-0 and at the end of the day so if he you know let's say Mixon's out two weeks and Kurt goes 2-2 two and two, I still think he's in a good spot so I don't think it's too devastating um, and then when you look at uh, Jay's running backs over there. Um, I think, you know, Garrett called it. Um, that was a bad play on his part to continue the uh, Derek Henry, Deion Lewis experiment there. I think it only makes sense for really, really good matchups. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's uh, lost Jay the game this week. Definitely. Uh, Hop, what do you think about Jay's decision to bench Brandon Cooks? Obviously, it didn't pan out, but uh, do you think it was a decent decision? You thinking maybe Patrick Peterson with Shadow, or uh, are you going to knock it? this week and think maybe Landry wasn't the better play there. Um, I would have I would would have played Cooks for sure. 
Uh, I love Cooks, especially being on the Rams when they just put up a ton of points. They throw the ball a lot, and it's a good situation for him. And we've seen now, after a couple weeks, that he he really gets a lot of action over there. Um, As opposed to – I mean, his other receivers are all good, so that's the problem. It's just that he's deciding between people like Landry, Devontae Adams, Cooks. Tate is the one that I may substitute Cooks in for. Um, that's just my personal opinion, but um, yeah. some people might choose Landry instead. But he's just got so many receivers that he's going to end up benching somebody, and you know, it, it's going to be somebody good, and we're going to criticize him for no matter what. Right, uh, that's a good uh, point there. And one thing I forgot to say when we were talking about Galladay, but it's relevant to Tate, is that uh, Galladay has actually outsnapped Tate in both games so far. Tate's still been on the field for eighty-four percent of snaps, so it's not like he's you know losing a lot of playing time. But it is considerable that you know when they're going too wide, they haven't had Tate out to the side as they used to do uh, in the pinch there. And then uh, for the, what we're talking about, Brandon Cooks, I you know I definitely think I would have ended up going with Cooks just because you know the Rams play three wide so often. I actually looked it up, and they have gone three wide receivers on ninety-seven percent of their snaps in the first two weeks. So. Last year, we didn't see Sammy Watkins put up that production, so it was a little scary. But I think Cooks is definitely a more well-rounded receiver. Uh, so, you know, I think going forward, Cooks, he probably will have a lot more confidence in him after seeing two solid weeks. You got, you got to bench Derrick Henry, bro. Like, Jay, you just send him to the freaking bench and slide you Cooks trade into a... the flex. It, it's hard to part with a guy you spent so much draft capital on, but hopefully after two weeks like this, he can at least um, – be willing to play the matchup and not just see Henry as an auto start, but people like the guys they like. So, and you never know, but with the way that the snaps are turning out and the, you know, carries are turning out, it doesn't look like Henry's going to be the guy he paid for, uh, which is unfortunate, but it happens to everybody. Yeah. And Jay, we can discuss that offline. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to move to uh, Jake and Andrew. David trashed Andrew in the uh, post draft write up. I'm going to kick it off to him. Uh, what do you think going forward? Do you think Andrew's going to keep up this production with guys like T.Y. Hilton and Amari Cooper who have showed that, you know, maybe they can really put together a solid season now that Luck's back and they seem to be scheming Cooper into the game more? Or do you think his uh, weakness at running back, especially with Philip Lindsay taking over, uh, playing 28 snaps to Royce Freeman 16 in uh, this past week's game, uh, do you think that's going to hurt him or receivers can carry him through like they have the first two weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think after a few weeks, like, you can't deny the facts. Andrew's team looks pretty good. I would certainly bench Royce Freeman, but you got Carlos Hyde on the bench and remains to be seen what Mark Ingram does when he comes back. So I, I think uh, I think Andrew's actually in a pretty good spot to, you know, to squeak into the playoffs here. Um, yeah, after a couple of weeks, team's looking pretty good. Yep, and, you know, Jake, this is what we – figured we would see from him some really solid weeks and then if Aaron Rodgers doesn't put up points and Julio has a Julio week um so Hop do you think uh with these you know receivers like Juju showing 19 targets uh that he'll be able to turn it around or do you think his weakness at RB and uh, his him being forced to potentially play two tight ends week to week uh with you know a shallow bench is gonna hurt him uh, I really like Juju I just like the Steelers in general if you look at their weekly performance, everyone's just putting up huge fantasy numbers. And there are so many times where I'm like, all right, you can't, there are too many mouths to feed. They can't all have good fantasy games, but they really do. Like Juju, Antonio, James Conner, and even the, the tight end Jesse James had a huge week this week. So it's just, I mean, if you have a Steelers player, like I, 
can't really criticize you for that. Uh, he played against Andrew's team, who has the Breeze-Thomas connection, which is, I think that's really what that team is made of at this point. And so far, it's paid off for him, but you know, there's going to be weeks where it doesn't. Um, but then, like you, like you were pointing out, for the rest of the roster, he's got to put a flex tight end, and some of, the, some of his guys don't really perform, but... I mean, this week, Juju put up 31 to make up for it, but I don't know if that'll continue in the future. Yeah, definitely. yeah, and Mike Thomas is really looking like a, uh, a top-five receiver here this year. And, you know, I got to admit, I heard a lot of analysts saying in the preseason that next year we're going to be talking about whether it's going to be Mike Thomas or Antonio Brown as the first receiver. And I was, I was the first one to doubt them, you know, especially as a person. Uh, I don't know if any of you owned Mike Thomas last year, but it was really frustrating because you heard a lot of the same talk last year. But it seems like it might really be his year, so – he keeps that up. Andrew Seam is going to be a monster. Yeah, it was just crazy in the draft when we were going through um, auction prices and stuff like that. You could see Michael Thomas was getting drafted in like the Julio Jones, AJ Green like area, and I was totally shocked. I thought there was a mistake, but this guy, when you really look at the numbers, he actually puts up those kind of numbers. Definitely. All right. I mean, I think I would kind of slow to. I think Andrew Seam is really great. Obviously. Um, I think we'd want to see more from Michael Thomas and T.Y. Thomas has put up big numbers against Tampa and Cleveland so far. And T.Y. has only had to play Cincinnati and Washington. It's a good point. So we'll see. We'll see when they play. Like T.Y. plays Philly next week. Michael Thomas is getting the Giants and Vikings pretty soon here. So obviously really great talents, but we'll see how those offenses hold up. I mean, the Saints ultimately barely pulled off a win against the Browns. So. I'd like to see how that offense shapes up. Yeah, I agree. Defense. I definitely agree. And T.Y. is one of those guys who is kind of like a Tyreek Hill light. You know, he might put up a big score each week, but he showed he has the possibility to put up stinkers. But the one encouraging thing with him is that luck – it's not encouraging that luck hasn't been throwing deep balls, but luck hasn't been throwing deep balls and Hilton is still getting touchdowns and targets. So, you know, at least you've kind of seen that this might be his floor this year. He really could have some big games, but he definitely could, you know, fall off the wagon down the line. Um, so we'll move on to uh, George and Austin Hop. Uh, Garrett, what would you do if you're George's team here? Do you think that it's just kind of an unfortunate week with the injuries and stuff like that? And I mean, he has Kenyon Drake, and even though he was forced to start Coel and Miller's not turning out to have the production and the target totals that we thought, do you think he'll kind of turn it around? He's just had a couple bad weeks, or do you think it's time for him to kind of make some trades? I think he should probably be looking to the waivers. Obviously, this week's a little bit a little bit sparse, but we don't know how long Fournette's going to be out. It looks like he's far and away George's best player. Keenan Allen had a prime matchup with the Bills this week, only put up twelve. Like, there's just a lot of competition on that roster. Breeze or uh, Rivers likes to throw the ball around. Um, his other receivers, obviously Sterling Shepard, is kind of very limited by that offense. But Marvin Jones also faces a lot of competition. So I think he should definitely be – I don't know what he would trade, but, I mean, or else he's going to be faced with the kind of Jake situation where he has to play Ingram and uh, Jimmy Graham in his flex. Right. And that – I'm a little more comfortable with that than the Jack Doyle and uh, Kittle lineup, but it still is a tough whenever you have to put a tight end in there. Um, but you don't think it's time to consider shopping Keenan Allen just yet? You think you should hold out? Yo, shopping No, you can't get rid of no, you shouldn't get rid of your number one receiver. But I mean, like, if something came up where you know Lamar Miller is a pretty safe 
RB2 floor. So if someone were to lose their, you know, lose a back, I wouldn't hesitate in offering him for a higher upside receiver. Right, right. I definitely understand. I agree that it's not time to shop Keenan, but a lot of people after two losses like that and some low scores will start to panic and think about shopping them out for some options. Um, the Hops team showed us what it can do when they score some touchdowns, uh, and obviously Gurley is a monster in you know, barely any playing time. He had 30 points and went onto the sideline just because he didn't feel like playing anymore. Basically. <laughs> um, what do you, Hop, what led you to the decision to start Eckler this week? You know, he had a big week last week, but it's hard to start a backup running back. And do you think going forward that he'll keep putting up production? Or- um, well, first off, like, like you said in the past, like I have the most volatile team in the league. I, last week I put up the worst score in the entire league. This week I put up second highest score in the league and behind BEZ, and that was due to his 18 points from the Chicago defense on Monday night. But, um, yeah, it's like very volatile team. And uh, this week I hit. And I think the, about playing Eckler, if you saw week one, you see that they really, really do use him a lot and that he's – Every time he touches the ball, he reminds me of Chris Thompson where he'll just – he's just so efficient. He's just so good. And he only needs, like, five catches to, like, put up 50 yards and maybe a couple rushing yards, and I was okay playing him. Right, definitely. And if you look, he's caught all eight of his targets through two games. So even on limited work, he – like you said, he's really efficient with it. So I think he's – there are worse options moving forward for sure. But you definitely have to prepare yourself for that occasional Melvin Gordon doesn't want to get off the field game, especially in a, in a tight matchup where, um, you know, in the first week there were just so many opportunities you couldn't realistically expect Melvin to have it. And then you could argue that they were just blowing the bills out. But I definitely think going forward he's one of the best secondary running backs to a workhorse yeah. in the league. And that wasn't – it was also based on that, the fact that they're blowing the bills out as well. That factored into my decision. I knew he would get a lot of playing time in the fourth quarter. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was, I'm just going to jump in. That's yeah, what I was going to say, too, um, with Eckler. I think it's a good matchup this week because of the Buffalo thing. He also was helped by the fact that Melvin Gordon, like, tweaked something very minorly, so they wanted to play it safe. But week in, week out, I honestly think you might have to slide Bilal Powell into the RB2 spot and start someone out at flex. Because if it's, like Colin was saying, a close game, I don't think Eckler gets as much playing time. I think it's matchup dependent. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Eckler played Kansas City last week, put up big numbers against a bad defense. Buffalo this week put up big numbers. Next week he plays the Rams, so that'd probably be a little bit more clarity on that situation. For sure. Yeah, I was kind of stuck this week. When you look at the the bench, Gordon was out. Burkhead was, like, such a question mark. So this is what I had to throw in there. And luckily it paid off. Yep. Definitely. All right, next we'll move on to Garrett versus Manny. Garrett with break of the week. I I, want to come in and say this is why I want to get rid of kickers, but in reality that can happen to any player. I can't just blame the kicker position. However, it's tough to see a guy absolutely know and was proven by the box score that he would have gotten you at least those four points you need to win. So, um, I mean, Garrett, this is also why we (laughs) – luckily decided to add the top scoring uh, six playoff spot option this year. Um, so let's kick it. I think David, I'll ask you next. Uh, Andy's team is actually showing some surprising you know, upside here. Do you think he keeps it going? Obviously he's got a weak spot with Clement with the coming back. Um, he does have Gio Bernard though, which will be useful for the next four weeks. 
Um, and that's kind of how his team was constructed with Edelman coming back after suspension. He kind of has pieces here and there that he's shifting around. So do you think he can actually keep this up or do you think it'll eventually kind of slow down a bit um, if his guys like Odell and Travis Kelsey aren't putting up a 30-point week to keep him afloat? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Honestly, I think it's one of the toughest teams in the league to kind of project out. Um, I think, honestly, like as shitty of an answer as it is, I think it could go either way. You could see, um, you know, Jones come back and do some damage. Edelman come back and do some damage. Or you could see him come back, throw up duds because Gordon's on the roster. Um, Randall Cobb falling off. So, yeah, it's tough to say. I think there's potential, but there's also potential for it to go south. Definitely. I think we'll have a little bit more clarity on that as we uh, keep going throughout the season. Uh, Garrett, how are you feeling about your Tom Brady trade a week later? Uh, I think David should send me some money. (laughs) I mean, obviously Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad matchup for Brady. I kind of knew it was more of a long-term play, but David knows that I'm wishing I would have sent you Marquise Goodwin this week instead of fucking Fuller. (laughs) I would have taken it. I know, and I was I love Fuller too. I was just like, ah, good one, Jimmy G. They love each other, but that good one will still be good. David's David's got the man now. Yeah, I mean, I said last week I've always been a Fuller hater, but he's making it harder and harder. I just don't want to admit it just yet. I do love Keelan Cole though, and I really think going forward he could be a solid wide receiver too with a lot of upside. I think you guys, I'm hoping all you guys saw that one-handed catch he had. Yeah. Oh yeah, like keep away from the guy over his head. And Fuller is uh, wide receiver eight on the season so far, so he's like really up there with the big guys. And I'm expecting to see a lot out of him in the future years when he gets to be the number one on some team. All right, and then the last matchup we got Joe versus David, and obviously here we saw what we talked about last week with the, and in the post draft rankings too with the potential downside of uh, Joe's team if you don't have Hill and Antonio Brown and Kamara going off for thirty points. Uh, the secondary guys on his team, or secondary secondary talents, I should say, uh, really might not be enough to keep him afloat week to week. Uh, so I'll ask uh, Hop, what do you think about David's receiving core in week two and his replacements here? Um, do you think he can kind of rely on this and he can relax for a couple weeks, or do you think he's still got to be, you know, watching the wire, looking for trade opportunities, and keep improving? Um, I love Fuller. I think you can roll him out there. Marshall and the whole Seattle wide receiver situation is tough to predict. And a new I like. I mean, there's no real big play wide receiver here. They just, any of them could make a, put up a big game or they could just totally just not show up. You just don't know. But, I mean, I'd say I'd hope that you can continue working on it a little bit. But it's, it's not, like, as bad as it could be. Right, definitely. You know, and with a 70.4 out of those three core running backs each week, um, even with Andrew yeah. Luck playing a bad week, he has enough upside with his uh, wide receivers that at least one of those guys will hopefully each week hit kind of like Fuller did and really boost him up to at least like 140-point floor. Um, an interesting uh, fact with the uh, Cowboys is that they uh, no receiver on the Cowboys played more than 57% of snaps in week two. They're just running random guys out there, random sets, you know, strong formations. So Elliott is really their entire offense right now. So going forward, I think these kind of games are his floor. Um, so, I mean, I really think David's team is, is strong. Um, does anybody else have any comments here? Because we've come to the end of uh, the matchups. I'll let you guys just kind of jump in with anything you want to say or anything I might have skipped over. Yeah, I think just from analyzing my team, I actually think 
my tight end is my weak point, not my receiving core. Um, obviously, it was huge to have Delaney Walker go down. I don't think Cook is a reliable tight end. But other than that, I mean, I think between Brandon Marshall and Chris Godwin playing the matchups, I should be all right. Yeah. We could talk trades because I've got now two tight ends on my team that are, that are good. Um, Eric Ebron and Austin Hooper. We could chat. But what I've noticed is that week one, there are no – I mean, yeah, I, we're I, just gonna skip I know. You just said Austin Hooper in all seriousness. First of all, the name. But Also, about Eric Ebron, uh, he – like we were kind of talking about in the chat, I mean, he's gotten two touchdowns in the first two – or a touchdown in each of the first two games. But he only played 26% of the snaps last week. You know, Doyle – doesn't have as much touchdown upside, it doesn't look like, but he's in there and he's going to be the one in there when Andrew Luck needs to dump it off. And so, in a PPR league week to week, I still think Doyle is a more reliable receiver, but uh, Ebron definitely has the t- uh, touchdown upside. But I personally have a hard time relying on a guy who's only out there a quarter of the time. Um, I don't know what you guys think of. That's true. I think this past week was just a really good week for tight ends, which is interesting since week one was the worst week for tight ends. I mean, Olsen, Delaney Walker, only one that was good was Gronk. Even Ertz and Kelsey didn't do much. And then this week you see, like, Eric Ebron scored, Hooper scored, Jesse James on the Steelers was scoring, um, Kittle's looking good. Like, there's just a lot out there. So I find that pretty interesting. Definitely. Um, anybody else have any uh, last words to put in? Yeah, Garrett, I told you to trade me for Burita. He's going to be the uh, the workhorse back moving forward, I think, for my team here. Well, not my team as in fantasy for the Niners. Yeah, we'll see when they're not playing the Detroit Lions. <laughs> that works out for me. Fair enough. Um, if I was Hop, I'd be pretty excited about Allen Robinson. He's got 21 targets through two games. That offense looks better every game. Um, and he's definitely, you know, people talk to Anthony Miller, but Robinson definitely looks like their most complete receiver so far. Yeah, yeah that, I was surprised to see Robinson get so many targets. I thought he might have to work his way in after that injury. But, uh, yeah, people uh, – the teams are definitely looking different than we thought in the post-draft rankings. You know, some of us have kind of gone right with what we all kind of predicted, but there have definitely been a lot of shockers so far. Kurt being in first place, nobody could have predicted. So I'm excited to see how it turns out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be doing the uh, weekly matchup uh, – previews on thursday um i think andrew's gonna try and join in i'm guessing garrett will probably be in if anybody else wants to join please let me know um thanks for joining in tonight guys i hope everybody enjoys it yeah it's been fun